bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. We got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, December 15th, 2015. This is our final Tax Credit Tuesday podcast of the year. We'll be back right after the holidays on January 5th. However, considerable breaking news will be occurring over the next week. To stay current, follow me on Twitter and periodically check my blog at novogratic.wordpress.com. Now, on to our This Week in History feature. Fifteen years ago this week, legislation was introduced to establish the New Markets Tax Credit. That bill, the Community Renewal Tax Relief Act of 2000, was incorporated into the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2001, which President Bill Clinton signed into law the following week. Since its inception, the New Markets Tax Credit has leveraged more than $63 billion in total capital investment in low-income community businesses and created or preserved more than 750,000 jobs. To mark the first 15 years of the New Markets Tax Credit, I've posted an anniversary timeline and infographic on my blog to highlight some of the program's milestones and achievements. You can check them, check them out at novogratic.wordpress.com. Moving on to this week's podcast, we'll start off with the general news section, where I'll talk about the latest Omnibus Appropriations Bill and Tax Extenders news. As I noted earlier, they're still in process, so you'll need to follow me on Twitter and check out my blog periodically to stay current. In our low-income housing tax credit section, I'll discuss a new rental housing report and what it says about how affordable housing programs can better serve the nation's growing housing needs. In new markets tax credit news, I'll share an announcement on, on the Capital Magnet Fund guidance and notice of funding availability. I'll also provide an update on how much funding will be available for fiscal year 2016 through the Social Innovation Pay for Success program. Then, We'll move on to historic tax credit news, where I'll talk about an upcoming application deadline for Ohio's state historic tax credit program. And we'll close out with renewable energy tax credit news, where we'll talk about the latest effort to extend the Renewable Energy Investment and Production Tax Credit program permanently. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, Congress last week bought more time to continue negotiating on an appropriations bill. Funding, as you know, for the federal government was set to expire last Friday, December 11th. However, Congress passed a stopgap bill on Friday to extend government funding until tomorrow, December 16th. Unfortunately, as I'm recording this podcast, an actual draft appropriations bill has not been released. As such, there is an expectation that another short-term Continuing resolution will be needed to continue funding the federal government. We do expect today for there to be a release of a appropriations bill as well as a tax extenders bill. Unfortunately, we don't know the details of either one at this time. 
One thing we are following closely on the tax extenders front is whether or not we end up with a two-year extenders package or a longer-term extenders package that costs more in the neighborhood of $600-$800 billion. And such a bill would likely make some tax extenders permanent, such as the R&D credit and the child tax credit and earned income tax credit, along with making potentially the low-income housing tax credit 9% floor permanent, along with a longer-term extension of the new market tax credit that could be five years or potentially uh, permanent. On the production tax credit and investment tax credit side, it does look like those credits would likely be extended out five years, though wound down over that five-year period. As soon as we get a draft of a tax extenders bill or an appropriations bill, we'll share the actual bill text and or summary as they become available. We'll also post a summary on the novogradic.wordpress.com blog. At this point, all I can say is stay tuned. There should be numerous developments over the next hours, days, or hopefully not more than a week. In affordable housing news, the demand for rental housing is experiencing record-setting growth, according to a report from Harvard University's Joint Center for Housing Studies. The center found that the number of renter households reached 43 million this year. That's a growth of 9 million renter households from 2005 to 2015, the largest gain in any 10-year period on record. Many factors led to this growth, from the mortgage crisis to demographic trends and preferences. The report gives a bird's-eye view of the rental housing market, covering everything from pressures on low-cost housing supply to affordability challenges across income levels. Data shows that between 2001 and 2014, real rents grew 7%, but household incomes dropped 9%. At the same time, these trends pushed up the number of cost-burdened renters from 14.8 million to 21.3 million. And by cost-burden, I mean renters who spend 30% or more of their income on housing costs. I should note that although being cost-burdened is common among lower-income households, cost-burdens are also a growing concern for moderate-income renters. The number of cost-burdened renters who earn between 15000 and 30000 rose from 69 to 77% between 2001 and 2014. The bottom line is that the supply of affordable housing is nowhere close to meeting demand, and policymakers will need to make informed decisions about how to best address the growing and diverse needs of renter households. The study names the low-income housing tax credit and HUD funding as critical tools. Obviously, a good start would be to increase funding for affordable housing programs, but there's also the importance of how the funds should be used. One way to serve the neediest households is to allow income averaging for low-income housing tax credit properties. Basically, the idea is to balance units for extremely low-income tenants with a few homes for slightly higher-income tenants. In this way, there would be more affordable housing for those who need it the most. Reports like this one are important as policymakers consider funding options for affordable housing programs. I encourage you to read the JCHS report at www.taxcredithousing.com. In new market tax credit news, 
As you know, the new market tax credit allocation application is due tomorrow, December 16th, by 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and the signature pages and other documents are due two days later by Friday, December 18th, once again, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Turning to other new market tax credit news, the CDFI Fund expects to release Capital Magnet Fund guidance and a Notice of Funding Availability, or NOFA, by the end of this week. The NOFA won't have a dollar amount available. That amount will be calculated in early January and transferred to the CDFI Fund within the first 60 days of the year. The next funding round will likely offer between $101 million and $105 million. This is significantly more than the $80 million appropriated in 2010. The CDFI Fund is releasing the guidance and NOFA soon so that it can make awards this spring, probably in March or April. We'll provide updates as soon as they become available. So make sure to stay in the loop by subscribing to our free Novogratic Industry Alert emails. Simply go to www.novogratic.com to sign up today. In the meantime, we've put together some top-level estimates for the Capital Magnet Fund, as well as the Housing Trust Fund and Hope Reserve Fund. You can find these on my notes from Novogratic blog. Go to novogratic.wordpress.com. In other news, the Corporation for National and Community Service announced that $10.6 million will be available through the Pay for Success program for fiscal year 2016. The federal program uses private dollars to fund upfront social services. The government only pays back the upfront funding after certain social outcomes are achieved. An example of an achieved outcome could be an increase in a community's high school graduation rates. Every Social Innovation Fund grant dollar must be matched by the grantee with non-federal dollars and services. The goal is to minimize the risk to the government and maximize the return on taxpayer dollars. Pay for Success has been very popular since it was launched in 2014. In the 2014 round of funding, the Corporation for National and Community Service awarded eight grantees $12 million. This money has already helped support more than 40 pay-for-success projects that vary from asthma prevention to green infrastructure. For fiscal year 2016, grants will range from $350,000 to $1.8 million per year for a three-year period. To apply for the 2016 funding round, there are two dates to remember. First, letters of intent are due Wednesday, January 13th. And then second, applications are due Thursday, February 11th. Awardees will be notified by April. To learn more about the program, go to www.nationalservice.gov. In historic tax credit news, applicants who hope to get state historic tax credits in Ohio's 16th allocation round should be preparing for a meeting with the State Historic Preservation Office. Why? That's because... The Ohio Historic Preservation Tax Credit Program requires that all applicants schedule a pre-application meeting with the state office before submitting their request. The deadline for asking for that meeting and declaring your intention to apply is February 16th. Applications are then due at the end of March, and the awards will be announced by June 30th. As you likely know, Ohio has a very strong and vibrant state tax credit. Over the previous rounds, there have been 350 historic buildings rehabilitated with nearly $3.8 billion in private redevelopment funding 
and federal tax credits. Applicants are eligible for tax credits equal to 25% of their qualified rehabilitation expenditures. There is, though, a $5 million cap per development, but the state credit can be paired with federal credits. Last summer, the state credit was briefly on the chopping block during the budget process, but the historic tax credit community rallied to preserve it. By the way, the Ohio Development Services Agency should be announcing the allocations for the 15th round of the program any day now. Ohio announces two rounds of historic tax credit allocations a year, and the second is made in late December. The agency said it received 60 applications for 85 historic buildings in round 15. Applicants are asking for more than $150 million in tax credits, compared to the $27.5 million in credits available. For more information about the state credit program, visit www.historictaxcredits.com. And if you have specific questions about Ohio's state historic tax credit, contact my partner Tom Bosha in our Cleveland, Ohio office. In renewable energy tax credit news, Senator Bernie Sanders, an independent from Vermont, is the latest lawmaker to introduce a bill that involves the production tax credit and investment tax credit. Senator Sanders also, as you know, is running for President of the United States. Now, Sanders' bill would permanently extend both the production tax credit and investment tax credit. His bill was introduced last week. Co-sponsors were Jeff Merkley of Oregon and Edward Markey of Massachusetts. Both are Democrats, and neither is on the Finance Committee, which is the committee that has jurisdiction over renewable energy tax credits. The production tax credit portion of Sanders' bill permanently extends the production tax credit with a gradual reduction from 2.3 cents per kilowatt hour down to 1.1 cents for, for facilities that begin construction in the year 2025 or later. The legislation would also permanently extend the investment tax credit at its 30% level and expand it to include offshore wind facilities. The investment tax credit, as you know, is currently scheduled to drop from 30% to 10% after calendar year 2016. The legislation would lower the investment tax credit cap for investment in manufacturing renewable energy equipment from $2.3 billion total to $1 billion each year. The bill's summary says it would drive more than $500 billion in clean energy investments between now and 2030. The proposal would also allocate $41 billion to help oil, gas, and coal workers transition out of the fossil fuel industry. The legislation says that the cost for the proposals would be offset by repealing all subsidies for fossil fuels and the end of tax breaks that encourage corporate inversions. The legislation is S-2391, the Clean Energy Investment Act. Both the Solar Energy Industries Association and the American Wind Energy Association support the bill. And the proposal is one of at least six bills in this session of Congress calling for the extension or permanence of the ITC and the PTC. At least two more call for the elimination of one or both credits. My colleague Peter Lawrence in our Washington office says that one reason for the rash of renewable energy tax credit bills this year is driven by support or opposition to the administration's clean power plan and negotiations on a global climate agreement in Paris this past fortnight. Peter also points out 
that with the production tax credit included in tax extender legislation, or at least expected to be included in tax extender legislation, and the investment tax credit not scheduled to ramp down until after next year, it's unlikely any of these bills will make much progress. We'll post the bill on www.energytaxcredits.com as soon as it's available. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Just a reminder, nominations for the Novograd Community Development Individual Achievements Award are due January 28th. For more information, go to www.novaco.com awards. That's it for now. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back with our next Tax Credit Tuesday podcast on January 5th. Happy holidays. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik and Company, LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.